And welcome back to another episode of the Nothing to Do podcast. I am your host, Jeremy, and I am very excited to invite a guest that I've been wanting on this show really since four years ago when I started the show and I finally got him to come. I'm super excited. Everybody give it up for Jabron, also known as Jabron PVD. Jabron, how you doing, bro? How you doing? Living, living good. That's good, man. That's good, man. I'm glad we finally got this. We're getting this in the books. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been a long time coming. Jabron is um a legend around these parts of Providence. Uh, depends on who you ask. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. No, but for real, Jabron, and I feel like you've been everywhere and done it all. Um, if somehow you end up out and you see Jabron behind the booth. You know you um, went to the right spot for that night. Um, he is uh, he's best known these days as um, a fucking fantastic DJ out here in Prov and in the country in general. I know you'll be out there touring and doing shows yeah. yep. everywhere. Um, what got you into DJing? I know you've been you've been you've modeled. I know you've um, worked with music. You've done a bunch of different stuff. So what 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 got you into like DJing uh, specifically? Uh, the sh the short story is is that my homeboy Beato, um, shout out to my boy Beato, great DJ as well. Um, he and I worked together in Boston, and he would always just kind of like tap on my shoulder and be like, "You should learn. You should learn. You should learn. You should learn. You got great taste in music." And you know, he was always encouraging me. And one day we went into his mom's basement and, you know, hey, yo, chill. <laughs> yeah. With his DJ set up. first, hey, yo, the show. With his DJ set up, uh, set up down there. And, you know, I, I had, before that, for years, I was telling him that, you know, I just like to stay in my lane. I, I, I was appreciative of the place that I was in when he was telling me these things. I was just, you know, I was, my life was already moving. So it's like, to divert, to try to learn something new at the time. Yeah. Was, and I never, I never had a dream of being a DJ at all. Right. You know? Just being in the music industry. I love DJs be, for like what they did and, 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 and how we interacted. Um, because I, at the time I was hosting, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I was plenty, plenty happy just being a host music guy, industry guy kind yeah. of thing. I was very, very happy being there, but he let me, um, he let me come in. He taught me and, you know, I just got hooked. I kind of couldn't stop. I couldn't yeah. stop thinking about it after that. And luckily I have a lot of good friends who, who helped, you know, and, yeah, and one thing came to another and I was just, I just couldn't, I couldn't put it down after that, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's dope. That's pretty inspiring too. Cause I also had I had Ralph on here earlier last year. Yeah, I saw that. Episode. For for those of you who uh, remember Ralph, Ralph and Jabron are actually boys. They're like besties from way back in the day. <laughs> and I know them both. They're like dear family friends. My um shout out my cousin Sasha Lee. Like you guys have been friends since middle school, high school. Hundred percent. Yep. And you know, you guys also always used to pull up to New Year's, Minerva's Still house. To this day. And all that. I tried to put Ralph on the spot. As soon as he sat down, we started recording it. If <laughs> he had a good story from a, a party at Minerva's, because I feel like everybody does. Um, so, I mean, if you want to share one, that's up to you. But if you don't, I totally understand. 
Um, but um, you know, it's cool. I'm I'm actually really really hyped that you say that because my fondest memories alongside your family. Secondly, the fact that your family considered me one of their own. Absolutely. You know, I think that your family parties are like somebody should write a book out of it. You know what I mean? Facts. Between your house or whatever. Yeah. Somebody should write some stories. Oh, yeah. Of what's actually of what how much fun you guys have within one another. So that's just one, you know what I mean? Summertime's at your crib at the pool house, yeah, and this, yeah. that, and the third, you know what I mean? And then anytime at Minerva's houses. It's know? a time. It's a time. Um, there, I, I won't say that there's like a specific time because I just feel like, yo, that's for us. Yeah, you yeah, know? no facts, facts. I will just point out that I had always... So Louis, Sasha Lee's brother, knew me before we even knew that I went to school with his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Louis, 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 um, he was kind of like the first guy that I knew that was like a DJ just because he would yeah. always play all the music. Yeah, yeah, and he's, to this day, he's still the DJ. He he waits for everybody to eat the food at Thanksgiving. He just rolls Settle. As soon as the first the first shot comes in, <laughs> the, old, the old nigga ox comes off, his ox comes on, and it's lit. It's already lit. So those are my most fondest memories, just seeing him sway the party yeah and like you guys have such a big beautiful family you know like you guys are so tight everybody's a cousin yeah everybody's a first cousin kind of thing you know what i mean you guys really really are so tight so those are some of my fondest memories like with the twins like just everything you know yeah yeah yeah. all, all all of you even you you know seeing you so 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 early your sister um Man, sending your sister off to college, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Like just seeing a lot of that stuff. You, you know, the things that your your mom and your father have, you yeah. know, stuff like that. So for me, just being a Dominican was was huge because here I am with an, an incredible Dominican family, a large Dominican family who, is, yeah. who has accepts me, but also is like people for the culture of Dominicans as well. Minerva, right. Minerva 20, 30 plus years, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in that office, helping, helping people. Yeah. You know, I could speak about your father and how, how your father is like close with my family. Yeah. You know, yeah. after the years, knowing who your father is to the community. Yeah. To La Broa, like, I mean, that, those were my most prized possessions. My friendships with you guys was, man, it was, it was just a blessing, you know? Yeah. It was just a blessing. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You say that. I'm still like, yeah, I mean, I grew up growing. I mean, you, you're bringing up my father. I always grew up, at, you know, El Hijo de Soilo. And so, like, when I was, you know, up until about high school, when I, you know, when you get in your angsty ages, like, like I, I always like saw him as a celebrity, and he was like a he celebrity. Is. In, what are you talking in, like, about? In, in Providence. Um. Yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we can go, we can go on about just like the influence that that Dominican people the impact in the impact the impact that we have the impact that tu familia ha hecho para la comunidad de los dominicanos aquí en Providence de Salabroa hasta Massachusetts and beyond you know what I mean yeah bro esa tocadera esa música ese poder ese radio esa voz eso cambió eso cambió todo you know what I mean like yo we had we had something to say and it was you know like in your family who was able to to construct that facts facts and it was a proud moment i think it was last yeah last year the day after my birthday 
I was like crazy hungover, but it was because the end of February is Dominican Independence Day. Of course. Um, and they honored the station at City Hall because I think it was like 30, 30 years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like seeing my dad and my godfathers go up there and speak and accept that award. That was a, that was a crazy thing. Yeah. yeah man. And, you know, and, and like transition, like transitional like it, over time like even my family you know my side of my my other side of the family is a Mendez family yeah yeah and you guys have I didn't to, know that yeah oh shit yeah so culpo all them yeah a lot of those guys who your father was partners and friends yeah, yeah. and this this jockey you know what I mean yeah like, yeah you know uh I got a lot of second third but like even DJs like DJ Alize who's like mm-hmm. technically my my second cousin and just you know my grandmother who's connected to that you know yeah. your father knows my grandmother you know what i mean yeah, just yeah, yeah. 99 shout out to my grandmother shout 99 out, years old february 1st okay the, the same month of dominican independence yeah, you know I mean? yeah sure. man yeah man but it's great i will say though that that because of that influence because of the people i know because i know you and and your influence and impact in the last like five six seven how long have you been djing now I just completed five years. Five years, five years. Um, I've all, I was always like nervous and hesitant about like using my connections and my network to have you on the show. Uh, one because like I like I wanted to figure out that you know I wanted to I knew that when I started this that I that like this is something that I really enjoyed doing, regardless of what the outcome may be like moving forward. But I also just felt I I didn't feel like I just like I wanted to like like bum off people that I know just to get views and all this stuff, which is why it took me so long to ask you to come on. Um, Cause I've been wanting to have you on for mad long. And there's other people that I, that I know that, you know, that I've done some um, uh, pretty dope things out here in Providence, but I'm like, nah, that shit's corny, man. Like I'm not going to start off and just ask all my really fucking popular, like cool ass friends to come on my show and give me clout. Um, but it happened and I'm glad, and I'm fucking glad you're here. Um, I, I, I'll just say that, you know, I feel like timing, timing is, is always important and yeah. don't stress yourself too much, hopefully moving forward with, with any of those extra thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. I just feel like, yo, do, do, look at how incredible this is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you have a certain amount of seasons as well now, you know, you have yeah. a certain amount of episodes. Which in four years. Yeah, man. In exactly. March. So I just feel like regardless of what you could, what you did feel, you could have felt something else and right. whatever those things could have been, it's a multiverse of thoughts, but you know, I'm just, I'm grateful to be here, man. You know, like we should do this. I, I feel like this is exactly what we should yeah, do. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell We're yeah, so man. connected, bro. And, and why not? Why, why can't you reach out to me? Yeah. Yo, you are literally my family. So. I am starting to get over that a little bit. That's why I asked all, that's, I had, all at your own time. All yeah. Time. I asked, that's why I had Ralph on. I had a uh, cat. I know your friend, you're good friends with cat. Um, the photographer. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, she was on. Friends. That was a, that was a great episode. Um, and so yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking to get. Um, I'm looking to to kind of break out of my own, like get out of my own way in terms of that thinking, and hopefully, like I'll have some more, you know, dope people from Providence here. Um, you will some good you conversations, will. some good, uh, you know, some good episodes, hopefully. And um, but yeah, man, I mean, like I, I don't even know where to start because. Like I said, like I started when, when when we started this episode, you've done a bunch of stuff. And I may or may not ask you, and you don't have to answer, 
Um, I, I know you've been around a lot of people of influence, especially in your time in modeling and when you were dabbling in music. Like, what got you into my? I remember I used to see, because I used to shop on Plunder all the time. Shout out to Plunder. I don't even know if it, does Karma Loop still a thing and all that. Karma Loop still does exist. Yeah. It's just not by the same people. It, it was bought okay. out. It was bought out by another company. But, it, but the site and the company itself is still up and running. Yeah, yeah. Bet, bet. Um, and I remember I used to just always see you on on those sites modeling and stuff. Um, how like was that something like that was just approached to you and you just fell into and or like was that something you're like oh shit like you know given like because you fly as fuck I'll tell you that right now so like in and is that something that like oh yo I could you know I could be a model like how'd you get into that? It it started in high school you know okay yeah um, when when I was in high school my ninth grade two thousand and three computers just just happened yeah google just happened you know what i mean google yeah. happened in 2001 i'm in high school in 2003 and you know this there's this just all these new kind of technologies that's coming yeah. in what happened was was that um by the time i was in the 10th grade you know so i mean so like in, in in school, you know, you, you people tend to like you if you're a good person. So I, yeah, I'm hoping that that's really my story is that, <laughs> you know, my story is, is that from middle school to high school and beyond, I've always had a close knit of friends who mm -hmm. I never did wrong and like stayed close and like grew as my individual person. So from middle school, you know, I always kind of kind of knew something that was attractive about me mm -hmm. um, physically. But by high school, obviously, I'm growing into myself. So by 10th grade, I link up with, like, my uh, my mentor my mentor through this program called Crusaders, which is called something else now. Yeah. But it, it was this company called Crusaders. And, you know, I'm, I was with them since forever. But nonetheless, one of them hosted shows around the city. And he just asked me, hey, man, come, like, come, we, we need some bodies. Like, yeah, we're going to yeah. put some clothes on you. I'm 16 at that point 16 15 and the very first show it's like you know you, you invite all your friends over and luckily i did i had a lot of friends that came through for me and and i did well that first night i'll never forget it, it was at the black rep shout out to don king yeah. <laughs> and from there it was like i got back i was feeling the hype it was a, it was a weekend i'm a 16 year old i'm out late you know mm -hmm. i'm hanging out with adults yeah. yada 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 Adults are adults are telling me that I did a good job. I had curly yeah. hair. I was just like the typical light skin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> curly hair. Yo, facts. You pull you pull up with a fro. I mean, like, are these white people telling you like? No, no, no. This is our okay, community. Bet. Hell no. I was in like, black repertory. You, bet, know, bet, yeah. you know. You remember Aurora? <laughs> was, you remember Aurora? Is that where like uh, Stay Silent used to be? In yeah. Well, I, I I wasn't. I was still in New York when Stay Silent uh, first started. To buy time. Or where it is now? That's that was Aurora, on North Main. No, uh, Aurora's right down on Westminster. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was also I've heard of it. I definitely yeah. heard of it. So before it became Aurora, it was called the Black Repertory. Black Repertory is as it as it says. It was a venue to push, grow, and proceed Black culture, and obviously that means Latino yeah. culture. That means any 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 great culture that Absolutely. isn't European. Sorry. But <laughs> yeah, uh, no, we're not sorry. <laughs> you said it. I'm saying it too. I don't, I don't care. But this was like the mecca, you know. This yeah. was the mecca for yeah. us, and there was people like 
people like Don King who really uh, helped that. But those events would happen there. And, um, you know, I got back from school and then like, man, I'm just living off the high. I'm living off of the high for that weekend. I did one show. So I just locked in in the computer, you know, I just kind of looked in. Everybody's telling me you could be a model, you could be a model, you could be a model. So I just kind of went for it. I looked it up on on the internet. Again, the internet was hella new. It was super new. Yeah. That Google just got here, you know. AOL yeah. was all right, but you couldn't really be on the World Wide Back Web. Back in the like Kazaa LimeWire days. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, nah, it, a, lot, a lot earlier on. A lot earlier on. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so um, Googled it, and then it was just one step from there. It was like, all right, I'm going to take this serious. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I just continued on from 11th grade to, to, to senior year. And when I graduated, I was doing enough during high school that I was like, wow, this is actually going to pan out for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They, well, I hoped, you know, that's what that was my dream. I was like, man, I could take this serious. Yeah. And I wasn't going to go to college. I kind of already knew that. I graduated high school by the skin of my teeth. Yeah. And um, it was like, do or die. It was fight, fight or flight. And yeah. And so after high school, that's when things really started. It's just like I was at it every every week. Every week, man, every week, anything, I, I would do anything. I would do anything. I, I would ask people. I yeah. would just submit. I would go everywhere. And again, this is before social media, mm-hmm. because even though by the time I graduated high school, Facebook was there, but Facebook was just for college kids. So it's not like I had access to that. Yeah, we had MySpace, but by that time, MySpace was dwindling. And I, I didn't really have any pathways. So all of my pathways were pretty much the shit that we was doing as I was growing up, which was like going to the light poles, going to the telephone poles, finding out, you know, taking taking the little paper stickers, finding out, who, you know, what is going on in the city. You know, it was very different when I was growing up because we didn't have social media. You know, we had the radio. And then we had light poles on Thayer Street or light poles around Broad Street or downtown, you know what I'm saying, where you could go to and take a ticket, see whose events is popping, see what people are doing, see what the colleges are looking for, you know. So it was very, like, roots. It was just like, you know, what do I find? And one thing led to another when once Facebook became almost an open source Mm -hmm. and people could, anybody could be on it, that's when things really changed. And I became the Facebook model kid you know like, oh you're the yeah. model kid you're the model kid you're the model yeah kid. because it's just at that point i was doing whatever Facts. like you put a an octopus on my body like you, <laughs> yeah. you put, put me in big hair you put me in women's clothing you know it didn't matter whatever whatever i thought i knew what fashion was at the time which i felt like i did i had a great pulse at that point of what fashion was yeah i wanted to be a part of it in the city and you know, one thing led to another, and it skyrocketed me. I would be a J Woo. I'd be people would know me from J Woo. People would know me from URI, Rick, Brown, RISD, mm-hmm. any college in Rhode Island that had a fashion show. I was in it. I was one hundred percent in it. That's dope. And real side note, shout out to you for being the professional that you are, because I had to let you carry the conversation for like five minutes while I changed the fucking lighting. Work with natural lighting here. That's and, what we do. Yeah, and yeah, you just gotta you gotta be flexible, but that's dope. Um, and like I commend that grind, especially like when you know, like when you when you're leaning on something, and maybe that's not how you feel about it. Like looking back on it now, but maybe in the moment, at least from what 
it sounded like like it felt like all right i gotta commit to this because i don't really feel like i have anything else at the moment 100 percent. and that's i feel that's a really scary thing and that's something i like i i will say that's one thing i don't feel about this show is like i mean that's why i'm getting like my degree in education because like like i can't like i just can't, i don't I'm, i don't got the balls to fucking to commit to this and it, it either i do this or it's nothing either, you know what i'm saying so i really like like that's dope. And I think I talked about that even with like, even with Ralph. Like, I mean, his situation was a little different, but like he picked up photography probably around the time you picked up. Maybe not maybe even it was almost sooner. simultaneously. Yeah. No, it was almost simultaneously. Yeah. And, and like he's doing great him. things too. And 100%. like and, and you know, he had he had that same that same mindset. Um, which yeah, I love. When when you know, you know, this is this is also incredible for me to have this conversation with you because your cousin Sasha Lee is a big part of my success, mm -hmm. you know, and she, she knows it just as much as I do. It's not like, it's not something I haven't said. Before. I think Ralph said the same thing too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, because by the time I was like 19, 20, she, you know, she was in New York and that's, that's where I needed to be. Yeah. You know, I needed to be out there and your cousin for four years straight of her college career. And even after that, you yeah. know, we were both, looking to be in this fashion industry, her her with fashion merchandising and, and and everything that she went to study for, marketing, social media. We were we were we were we were doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wouldn't just to backtrack a little bit, you know, there's no difference between me and you. Is that like I can't stress that enough. Like there is no difference between me and you, especially in today's time when you could pick up an iPad. Yeah and do this anywhere you know this is your equipment pieces are really cool stuff but you can you can you, you can micro i can do this on my phone you can do yeah it on <laughs> i can do this on my phone yeah, yeah. absolutely so in my time i could not right you know but the only differences between us is the equipment right right so you know i want to always encourage anybody that there is no differences between you Jay-Z, Beyonce, whomever it is that you look for. The only difference is the the money and and the time spent. Mm. You know what I mean? I just started at the age of 16. That's it. That's it. That's the only difference. And that's not even a difference because the point is, is just that I started, right? That's Absolutely. really what it is. Absolutely. I started and I just stuck to it. I, little do you know, I had three jobs while I was still trying to be a model. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm working three jobs. That's another thing about me is that I just like to work. I don't care what it is. I just like to work my hands, my yeah. mind. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to work. You put me in the field, whether I know it or not, I'm going to learn it. So I just hope to encourage you to know that like you can be in education and still do this. Yeah. This is yours. This is, education is yours. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I don't know about that. I talk about, I mean, I get pretty wild on this show sometimes. And that's my biggest fear. <laughs> like, I'm first listening yeah, to man, Well, that's about the third time. <laughs> you know? That's about the third time I've heard you say the word fear. And that's yeah. the only thing that, that holds you yeah, back. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. You, can either, you can either let that weigh you down or you can bet on yourself. I mean, I just say in my head, I'm just like on a collision course. It's just like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, and we'll see, you know, we'll see what pops off first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I want to encourage you. you yeah, know, I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. And you're instilled. I hear the values in the words that you, the values that was instilled in you through your lineage and, the, and your family and the yeah. people that love you. But remember that those values are still concrete 
no matter what path you take. Yeah. They're concrete because they're the things that you, they're, they're, they're the things that light your way. They're not what create your journey. You know what right. I mean? They're only the light bulbs that help you stay in line. And I'm not trying to get too metaphorical, but like that negative, that negative, that constant negative and thinking that like it can't, it's not possible or like I have to do this one thing before I do this other thing. Those mm-hmm. things are of the past. Yeah. You don't have to think like that no more. You can do, you can have a multiverse of a world of your own life mm-hmm. and do the things that you want to do. You got three cameras set up in front of me right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. With two cameras and an incredible board. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There, it, you don't, you don't, you're only looking at it because you're thinking about the amount of effort that needs to go into it. But if you turned your effort into your reasoning, then that that's pretty important. Yeah, you know I mean, you can't just keep telling yourself that you have to have a different path in order to do something. You're doing it right now, and you're still in education. So what do you, yeah. you're doing it? You're already yeah. doing it right now. This is what we're doing. So yeah. I just highly encourage you to stop that mindset because I appreciate that. This yeah. is it. I mean, you're gonna put this on YouTube and you're gonna monetize it. Yeah. So yeah. like whether you're getting pennies, pennies to the year, yeah, or you end up like Kai Sinet and you're getting thousands yeah. to the day, like it's the only difference is the amount of time. It's not. It's nothing else. This is it. This is your effort. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Fuck that extra shit. <laughs> Fuck that extra shit. Do you have like a um a specific moment uh when you started modeling or even when you started DJing where like where like you whether it was a gig you got or you feel like like I'm fucking here like this is this is a like where you were so present in that moment because it was so much bigger than what you've already been doing to get up to that moment. You have one in mind? Yeah, yeah. I I have plenty of moments of that. I think that the best thing that I could say is that I'm always present, and I think that's right. what that's yeah. what gets me going is because I'm never I'm won't, I'm never thinking too far in the future, and I'm never thinking about my past. Yeah, you know. So I've had I've just had moments that I knew I was going to achieve. So they're not necessarily career moments. They're mm. just the steps that I took in order to get to some sort of space. Going to New York was huge. Sure. Yeah, I mean, my first time in New York, because of modeling, because my reasonings of modeling, not that I had any opportunities, but yo, the very first day of me going to New York, I was fucking just scared. You know what I mean? I was so scared. I had never left Rhode Island at that point. I mean, maybe to Boston, but like, that's not, that's not leaving Rhode Island to me. Yeah. So that's a moment for me. My first step of saying, yes, modeling is what I want to do. And I want to do this every day. Yeah. Me saying, yo, I got to drive to New York or I got to take a train. I got to take a bus to New York. I got to save $30 for that ticket to get to New York. I have to have enough money in my pocket in order to mm. eat. Like, how, where am I going to stay kind of things? Like, I'm dead broke, but, you know, how to, that's a moment for me. That's a huge, that's like my my biggest moment in my mind of like, man, I, I arrived, I got here, and this shit was not as scary as I thought. Yeah. My first time figuring out the train station because of Sasha Lee. I mean, the MB, yeah, the trains because of Sasha Lee was like a major moment when I didn't yeah. text her every single minute. And be like, yeah, yo, lost, yeah. lost, I'm lost, I don't know where to go. Once I, once I realized that it was just up and down, you know, it was like, that's that's a moment. Then, then, yeah, I have, like, career moments for sure. But career moments to me are, like, a part of the plan. They're not necessarily yeah. the things that um, 
it excite me, I guess, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm always just more excited about the work that it takes. Yeah. And not the fire. I mean, zone. and that's like the, that's a great, I mean, like in a nutshell, it's a great mindset to have, especially because it's, I feel like that goes back to the whole, like, you know, it's about the journey, not the destination, right? hundred percent. And I didn't know that then. Yeah. Because it wasn't, for me, it wasn't like, I'm going out to New York to try to go look at agencies. Of course. Mm. Of course. I could do that in Rhode Island. I could do that in Boston. Of course. That's, that's just what, in my mind, that's what I'm supposed to do. But the mm. things that I don't know, that I don't know how to do is that. It's the journey to get there, finding the address, printing out the addresses, you know, keeping all, keeping 15 pages from printing them out, yeah. you know, f I forgot what that website was called whenever you needed to find an address, you know. MapQuest. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> MapQuest. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm walking around with 15, 20 pages. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes 30, a whole book. Yeah. To get to somewhere in New York. Yeah. With it telling me what train to take, what time is going to, those are the things that it's like, this is daunting. This is going to yeah. fucking creep me out. Yeah. Like, what if I die? <laughs> yeah. Those, those are the things that I, that really is like, man, that wasn't that scary. Yeah, yeah. And getting getting to that building, getting to that, getting to that agent mm -hmm. is less scarier because mm -hmm. it's like, you can't, you think you're going to defeat me because I'm I'm in front of you? Like, I, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I had to walk 70 yeah. minutes, you know, yeah, those yeah. are the things that I'm really thinking about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, absolutely. And, um. Yeah, it's crazy how it, it is. It is always the little things that you look back on that was the scariest. And then, like, you do it and you realize that it, it wasn't, wasn't that hard. And that there's no such thing as, like, a grown-up or somebody that knows what they're doing or, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, like, eventually you did get to a point where you're in a room with pretty influential people. Mm -hmm. Um and how was that like for you? And and like, I don't know if you have any like moments that stand out. And obviously you don't have to drop any names. I know when I was younger, there's a specific person um, who's pretty fucking big still to this day um, that you've worked with on some level and you've never wanted to talk about it, which is honestly very, it's, it's, what's the word? Um it's obviously modest, but it's like it's it's like very humble of you because it's just like and I, I think to a degree I understand why you wouldn't because like you don't want to maybe come off a certain way, like, you know, name dropping people and trying to like bring this clout upon yourself. At least that's the way I thought I the reason why I thought you would never talk, you know, you never talked about this person or any stories mm -hmm. about that. But just like I know in general, how was that like? Now you're you're in the room with mm -hmm. these people that like at once at one point you and probably still to this day you see them as idols and heroes and yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah 100 percent. you know the the conversation about me and, and working for kanye is okay he said it. he said <laughs> i didn't have to say it <laughs> he didn't is, it's really cool you know what i mean yeah. i was 21 years old yeah you know and it, it a lot of the stuff was a little bit of that you know what i mean but if I could be honest with you, and I, this is I've said it then, and I will continue to say it now. My biggest reason not to say it was just because I'm not gonna be riding nobody's coattail just because I'm working for them. You know what right, I mean? like, right. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a man at the end of the day. I'm not gonna be like hyped off of the fact that I'm working for a man. Like, yeah, it just yeah. wasn't, just was not me at the time. You know, yeah. like I was at that point, I was model Jabron. Like, 
the fuck do I care? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I was hype off of me. And I just felt like that was a great moment for me to get to because it's it it con it solidified the person I was looking to be mm-hmm. eventually. Um, and allowed me to know that I could that I was capable even at an early age to work to work within that, mm-hmm. you know, work with anybody who's influential and be and like like contribute yeah because you know, that's what that's what i wanted to do when i was early i didn't i never knew that i could work for for somebody like that somebody gave me an opportunity mm-hmm. but that was never my goal my goal wasn't to work for somebody it just kind of happened and honestly before meeting kanye i had i was already next to lupe fiasco mm-hmm. so and really that's my biggest influence you know working for kanye is just because it's a bigger it's a bigger name right but at that point i had already been rocking with lupe fiasco who to me was my influence he is my biggest influence that artist is the person that i look up to still to this day that Mm -hmm. i will spend as much money as i need to to fucking fly out to a concert or some something that whatever thing that he's doing i'm not really doing that for any other artist you know what i'm saying yeah and working for kanye was fucking cool as hell it was awesome. I got to experience some of the greatest things that I could have ever experienced. Yeah. I got to work alongside Virgil, Don C, Joe Perez, Kanye, Jay-Z, and all of these amazing people at the age of 22, 23, 24. But I was still, I was still simultaneously doing my own thing. So even though I was like You were still Gibran to you. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Because I didn't want that to overshadow what I was doing. If people, if people at the time only talked about the fact that I worked for Kanye, then they're going to forget the fact that I'm contributing yeah. as an individual. That right. means modeling. By 21, I was at Carmeloop. Yeah. By 21, I was on billboards. By 22, I'm this and I'm that. I'm in my city. I'm modeling big shows in Boston, here. I'm in magazines. I'm doing commercials for Converse. I'm doing commercials for Nike. I'm doing commercials for this, that, and the third. And that was important to me because if I kept saying for those for that amount of time, for those for those four years, three, three, four years that I was working for Kanye, then that would completely overshadow yeah. the conversation about me. I was just working. I was working yeah. for my mom's house, you know, and my yeah. I'm on a laptop that he bought me. That was it. But <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was on 24 hour call. Yeah. We worked on the blog. That's that was my job, and I had a lot of great successes along with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really, really got to see some cultural shifts, and those things are beautiful. But you know, my story was still much more important to me because I'm Dominican, mm-hmm. single mother. I need to tell that story. You know what I mean? The fact that my grandmother's still here, 99 years later, those were the things that were more important beautiful to me. Thing. You know, very, very much more important to me. Like those were my those were my biggest accolades. Is that like? Even though I was in that, and thankfully someone like you can speak to that, because mm-hmm. I was only around you guys during that time. I was yeah. only around you, like I was only around y'all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I was really coming back, or after doing something, no matter what it was, whether it was with him, or some, or or, or stuff with Carmeloop, or just modeling in general, mm-hmm. I was coming back to Minerva's crib. I was coming back to Sasha's crib. Yeah. You know, I was coming back to go see Chubbs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, that's what kept me going. And mind you, 
I'm still partying with y'all. <laughs> I tell you, I'm at y'all crib. Minerva's feeding me. Like, Sachi yeah. and us, we're, we're hanging out till 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And being kids. And that was more important to me. I, like, I never wanted my career to overshadow the fact that I just wanted to be with my friends. Yeah. And that stuff gained me money. And that's all it was to me. You know, it was just I was just trying to get a check, be cool. And, yeah. and that was it. You know, by the time that I was, like, even starting to talk about the fact that I was that I worked for Kanye you know it was already done yeah you know yeah I, was, right, right. I, I had already le- right. left yeah well, yeah I got let go so I it, that was it but yeah <laughs> and now you're doing the Super Bowl halftime show that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah me and Usher yeah um no that's 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 in yeah that's incredible like I that's incredible mindset to have like I mean, I, that's always a thought that crosses my mind. And, like, people, you know, people ask you how you would react if you get to a certain stage. And I always say I don't know. Um, and then there's the whole thing of, like, you know, does power change you or money change you or does it, like, really amplify who you really are? It's all of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's people, I, I, people stick to the claim of, you know, that it amplifies who you really are, but I don't think you can get to a certain level and achieve whatever you achieve without evolving somehow. Yeah, um, I, think that, I think that you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. But um. But yeah, I mean, I I I don't. Yeah, I I just don't think it's not. It's something I think about. I don't. I try not to dwell on it too much. Um. Every, and I've, I've talked about this so much on this show. Like, I talk about this show and my influence and inspiration on the show, on this show. So I know, you know, everybody listening right now is like, all right, Jeremy, we heard it a million times. But it's always, you're fucking, I'm just gonna, I, I always just keep saying it because it's just always on my mind when I'm recording, you know? So it's just like, fuck that, <laughs> you know? Um, I do have some questions for you uh, ready. I don't know if I want to get into them just yet. I had like this, I always do, th- <laughs> and it's always when I'm like, uh, especially when I'm like fucked up, like whenever I feel like I have something good to to flesh out on the show, like topic wise or anything, I just write the notes down on my phone. Um, and I was partying super hard like two weekends ago. It was my friend's bachelor party. And I wrote some stuff down and he was playing the Beatles. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't like, I don't care for the Beatles. Do you care for the Beatles? Hell yeah. You listen to the Beatles? Hell yeah. And that's, and, and I understand that. And I, and this isn't me saying, um, like, fuck the Beatles, that they suck. Like, I 100% understand the influence that they've had in mu- in their genre of music and in music in general. Obviously, like, Abbey Road is like, you know, and what, the White Album, like, greatest, some of the greatest music of all time. That stuff, but I, I just feel like it. I maybe it's because I didn't grow up with it, listening to it. Um, that it just doesn't really resonate with me on that level. Like I'd rather listen to like Radiohead, or like Tame Impala, or like the Chili Peppers, and stuff like that. Um, and then I was like, my I don't know what you, what do you th- like my, my analogy of the Beatles? Because I feel like this is happening a lot. Not there's there's like a big generational shift in how we consume culture, um, how we take in culture and like what we're exposed to now, what music is now, what film is now, TV, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, I feel like Nas is like in that way I just said is like the Beatles for like hip hop and like black people and like black culture where like Nas is a legend and he made the arguably and in, in I think for anybody who listens to to like hip hop on any sort of like uh anything other than the surface level like understands the how good Illmatic is and just his body of work in general and him as a storyteller and lyricist but I feel like now and he's still like and he had like this renaissance of a career where you know he like you know he won a grammy in like 2020 or 2021 he put out like six classic albums in like KD one two three and then Magic one two three, but I feel like people don't care for his type of music anymore, and at least with this generation and like at best like he he gets his nod as as a legend, but like I feel like people don't care for him that much anymore, and I just feel like not, I I just thought that hit that Nas is like the Beatles for like rap. Um, I don't know, but what I, I, I want to kind of talk to this, talk about this with you just because you have such a great taste in music and your life is music. Um, so yeah, I mean like, I, and I honestly, I, I didn't think you'd be a beat. I mean, I, I, not that I didn't think you would listen to the, wouldn't listen to the Beatles or didn't care for the Beatles or would care for the Beatles, but I didn't think that you would have the reaction you do when I ask you if you the Beatles, you know? I don't know. So what's the question? Like, wh- wh- I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, I guess? Okay. I just... Okay, I, I, so I'll, I'll compile all the things that you say. And, and am I missing something? I, I don't think you're missing anything at all because I think that what's important is that that body of music transcends you. So regardless yeah. of what you may or may not understand the Beatles, you're still influenced by whether you know that you're influenced by them or not. Um, that's how that's how like tremendous their music is. Yeah. You know? I think that the juxtaposition that you're saying between them and Nas is a good one. You know, I yeah. think that you bringing them up is a great one. Even though even though one was a band and the other is just one singular rap artist mm-hmm. they have a lot to do, they have a lot in common mm-hmm. with the sort of impact that they had for their people now i can't remember if the beatles are from yeah they're from the, the uk the yeah UK, from yeah. the uk now you know you mash them up next to the jackson 5 and you're like oh shit yeah you know you mash them up against other other black influential impactful iconic artists from their time then you understand why you know Mm -hmm. i think that for you to try to measure the beatles against nas is is counter it's kind of like counterproductive because Mm -hmm. they don't they don't have anything else to do with one another in many different in many ways mainly because 70s against the 90s you know what i mean like yeah that's just 
that's just it's just different uh, yeah and, i think I'll, and, i was more approaching it out of as a like as the perception as yeah, perception that they get yeah I'll, I'll the thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah i'm it's gonna it's yeah my thought my thought is gonna be a lot of that yeah but my thought is it's just that the beatles were from just a different era yeah and i mean it's it's hard for me to 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 see those two things together because Nas was a different from a different era and a different kind of time in American society. Mm-hmm. You know, Nas, the best things that they have that they have of each other is that they were both fighting the system that yeah. they came from. You know, you hear the music that the Beatles makes and it was very hippie, anti-war, anti-this, you know, no oppression self you know and a lot of it was trippy music a lot of it was psychedelics a lot of it was sexual a lot of it was everything that rap rappers do you know so when it comes to content yeah they're speaking a lot about the same things there's no difference between nas and acdc either Mm -hmm. they're all speaking about the same shit right fuck the government uh let's go have a party Let's go fuck some bitches. <laughs> Let's go do drugs. Like yeah. really, music is all talking about the same thing. So they have a lot in common. Yeah. For for that. Now, what it means to us is very different because yeah. of the times and where we come from. But sure. I think that it's also an understatement and a and a and not a correct value to say that Nas isn't as appreciative, appreciated today. Like the same way that he was appreciated for Illmatic, because it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's if anything, it's a stark contrast of this. Now, Nas is Illmatic. It took, you know, that in that time, music wasn't being consumed the way that there it's being consumed now. Yeah. Some uh, some some iconic albums that we all love took two years for people to love it. Why? Because they're digesting it differently. Mm-hmm. So you have to take in all those factors, you know, you can't just, you can't just say, well, I love this. And then now this is happening. And like, you know, there's a pathway there. There's a lot of different things. You know, when we're talking about music history, music theory and beyond, then there's a lot of interconnecting things. And then there's a lot of like separate pathways that these musics, these artists had. Nas from Illmatic to K, you know, to his, KD to Magic series, that was a that was a very stark difference of a man. Yeah. Also, he was a seventeen yeah. year old boy, you know, making street street poetry, yeah. you know, trying to change Queens for the better, and who he is today as a grown man, while also simultaneously being a part of the growth of hip hop, which means that he contributed to the growth. He worked the growth, you know, all that. He he bred artists, he grew artists, more famous artists came from his his teachings, guys like Logic, yada yada yada, so many. You know, I don't I just don't think that it's a correct statement to make to say that people don't love that kind of music when J Cole is the greatest artist of all time of this generation. Yeah. And what music is he making? He's making Nas rock him music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He is following those steps. So I just think it's, I think it's like not correct. Especially that he just won a Grammy, like you said. Especially that he's, he's had. I mean, but fuck the Grammys, but yeah, continue. <laughs> you know, I'm not the guy that's going to say fuck the Grammys. Yeah. 
Okay. Why to not? a certain extent, because it still matters. And that's why we fight it. If it didn't yeah. matter, we wouldn't fight it. So I think the fuck the Grammys is, it only makes us feel good for the moment, but it's not a true statement. Right. It's only fuck the Grammys because they continuously snub. They continue yada yada yada. Yeah, I mean, like, but but that's but that's my point. It's like, and we uh, like we get it does matter. It matters for what you're trying to do with your music and how people consume your music, and just even just like money wise, okay. what it can do for you, like fame wise, money wise. But it's like it's like we just go. It's like the same thing with whether it's like the Academy Awards, Golden, whatever, all these like prestigious award shows. It's the same cycle every year. It doesn't matter to me. Where I think I think that that's a. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like that's such a that's such a dense thing to have to think about when it comes to these the biggest prestigious award ceremonies that we have here in America. Yeah. When other countries, other countries, do not have what we have. And then on top of that, are looking to mimic this 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 systemical thing for themselves. You okay, know, that's it's it's like it's a farce. It's a farce thing to say that the Grammys or the, any of these academies don't matter. It's that is just a personal feeling of yours, and that's a personal feeling for most people just to be able to have a really cool, funny conversation with their friends and saying, fuck it. But what are you really saying? You're not saying anything. You know what I'm saying? What are we, what are we really trying to change? That's the conversation that that's why we're mad because we're looking to change something. So it's not enough for a guy like me who's been in the music industry, record labels and all this other shit to just say, fuck it. It's not enough. You know, when you hear Drake, Drake say fuck it and you say it because Drake said it, you're not seeing it at the same position that Drake is seeing. You're just saying it because he said it. But Drake is saying it because it does matter to him. That's why they boycotted it. Jay-Z yeah. boycotted it. Kanye boycotted it. Taylor Swift, Mike, you know, all this other shit. Like it matters. Sure. It, it matters. It matters to our culture. And like the BET Awards is our direct argument to that. And then on right. top of that, BET also has its own problems within its own community that it's yeah. looking to to congratulate and give yeah. awards to. You know what I'm saying? It's not enough. It's not enough. That's not... If you continue... Yo, if Rafiq was here, he'd more than likely disagree with me. And I know that. Yeah. But it's not enough to me to just say fuck it and then not have anything of value to say or why you're saying you're, it's fucking... Yeah. You, people only say, fuck those academies because it's the cool thing to say because we've been snubbed for so long. But that's as far as somebody's conversation goes with it. Oh, Kendrick Lamar should have won. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Th that's that's why we boycott it. Yeah. But it's not enough to say, fuck it. These are, Drake said it best. You already won. If you're making... If you have millions of people who are listening to your music every single day through all of these other platforms, you won. It is true. But do not fucking get it twisted. These Academy Awards situations are very fucking important. And if we continue as black and brown folk to not com completely continue to dismantle these things, because like you said in the beginning, the other side is benefiting the every single time yeah. that we say fuck it. And the, every single time we don't make great fucking music, they make shitty music and they win the awards and then they get to be on the Super Bowl. That's a fucking problem. Yeah. That's why it's important that Jay-Z took over the Super Bowl because it's important. The Super Bowl is important. Yeah. 
the Academy of uh, 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 Usher winning awards than doing the Super Bowl is important. These things are interconnecting into one another. Better it, record labels, better record deals, better yeah. money, better better everything, better positions for black and brown folks sure. around the world to get those accolades. Bad Bunny getting those accolades matters. It matters to Puerto Rico. Look at what the fuck he's able to do. He's able to perform on top of a gas station in the Pueblo that he yeah. came from yeah. for all of his people. What does that mean? What does that mean? He won an award and he went immediately to go do that. Why? Because his money got fucking longer. Yeah. And he was able to say $100,000 is a drop in a bucket now. Yeah. It's a fucking penny in a bucket to me. So that means that $100,000 that I get 200, 500, half a mil that I get to distribute to my people in my Pueblo to, to help the businesses, put the police, put the security, put the food, put the trucks, Fly this shit in, fly that in. Mm -hmm. So now people are completely changing the economy of the places they come from. Right. So you can we have got to stop saying that these Academy Awards awards don't matter. But I've always recognized that they matter on that level. And I know what you just said. And 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 I recognize the influence that it has that for when artists that we feel like deserve should win, what it can do for them. On a on an inter on, on, on a grand scale, international, right? What what is annoying to me at this point is that we've been through this cycle for so long, and like this cycle of like we get our hopes up, and then like, and it's like it's it's because it's happening, and it's almost it's it almost seems like it's on purpose, like. We have this conversation, like whoever most wins the it, award wins the award, right? Most of it is. What's up? What? Most of it is on purpose. Right. Exactly. Right. And they throw it in our face and maybe they'll, they'll like throw us a bone just enough to keep us on the hook. Right. But then we're just in this constant cycle of just being upset and outraged. Right. About what happened and how, you know, how, how the people that control this industry, how they move and they continue continuously disrespect us. Right. As as a culture. And then, so it's just like, sometimes I say fuck the Grammys and just like, I just don't, like, it just doesn't seem like an efficient or productive way to, to, to spend your energy being Impossible. upset, to being upset, to being upset about it. You know Impossible. what I'm saying? Impossible. That's the wrong way to look at it. It's absolutely the wrong way to look at it, in my opinion. It's, it's impossible. You, it, just because we're frustrated doesn't give us, doesn't give us, it's not a good reason to just say, I'm just not going to do it. If if you don't have a car and you hate the the, the transit system uh -huh. in your city, are you not going to take, are you going to walk? No. You're going to take that fucking bus. I am, yeah. So you have to be able to say, these are the things that are in front of me. How can I change them? Sure. Right? It's not, the system is there and you're not going to break it. You can scream at the TV all you want. But that's not efficient. Yeah, but we're not. But now we're in an age where, granted that that um, that law that allure of of these awards, they're still very much present. But now we're in a we're in a, in an age where people could like you don't have to rely on on the industry as much as you used to. People right? think what people think. Well, okay, I can't argue with you there because you know you you definitely know more about the industry 
on it's on that about, level. It's, yeah, it's not about what what I know. It's just it's it's a system that you cannot dismantle. Is it less? Is it less of a place that people need? Yes, but do people still need it? Yes. Yeah. So I don't I don't care. It's it's like an argument that I have with Raphael all the time. We live in a world where we are argumentative about the things that we hate before we ever look to change it. How do we change things? How do we change things, right? That yeah. is the only question that we have. Okay, but if, you but you did just, uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but you just said that is something that we can't dismantle, right? You cannot dismantle We it. can't dismantle it, but I feel like the artists, especially within the last 10 years, have shown what they can do without the help of that of the industry on that level. Really? Yes. What are those what are those things that some that these artists and name one artist who Nipsey. is doing Nipsey. Nipsey's Nipsey one. Yeah. Nipsey still needed a distribution deal. Sure. Absolutely. So what are you saying? Absolutely. But but if we're talking about these award shows though, he didn't survive long enough. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He and didn't. he still got enough accolades from from his from the album that he dropped that he could have sure so it's not it, chance the rapper is the best example of it before before nipsey hustle chance the rapper is the best example of it but guess what chance the rapper still needed kanye he still needed def chan he still needed beyonce and you you could call it whatever you want but you're going to cap you are going to cap it does not matter what you think or say. You will cap. One way or another, you're going to need that system, whether it be the record label or some sort of distribution deal or some sort of some sort of mm -hmm. negotiation with somebody else who has it bigger than you. This is, the, this is the argument that Kanye has. This is the argument that Drake has. All of our favorite. These are the arguments that people miss. They think that they know what they're talking about the industry, and they don't. They don't. You don't hear what they're talking about. You only pick... Not you. Just speaking in general. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I like this. I, 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 I wish I didn't expect it to go this way, but I'm loving it, and I wish I came more prepared because I'm getting bodied. Nah, go, nah, <laughs> totally. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, this is also at the end of the day. This is just my opinion. There are much more Absolutely. intelligent people who know the numbers, who, who are accountants, who are you know marketing strategists, and and beyond, who, who people who have much better insight from me. And they can also tell me that I'm wrong in, in a lot of things that I'm saying. I'm just speaking to you about what is actually happening. What is actually happening is that they are being capped. So you get a million dollars and then you're stuck in a deal that sucks. The, that's the issues is that we're getting fucked. Yeah. Right. That's the biggest problem. What is the biggest conversation piece that, that artists who try to go to labels do? Why do we say fuck the labels? Why? Because they they fuck they the fuck artists, us, yeah. They fuck the artists. They fuck the fucking artists, man. And, and please, because that's gonna be major pause moments. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> be like, edit the that's fuck out of just gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna finesse the shit out of the social media. They are gonna, <laughs> yeah, they fuck the artists. And why do we get angry? Because we love that artist. Yeah. So the artist does in today's time takes it upon themselves and then takes social media and does what they're supposed to do. But they're still gonna be capped. Kanye oh. said it. If the most that I can do is make t-shirts, that's a problem. If the most that I can do is rap, that's a problem. Yeah. That's what he's saying. If this is the most that I can get to, and I can never pass that fucking ceiling when I know that there's another level mm -hmm. and that there's levels and levels and levels above that, 
But if this is all that system allows me to get to, that's a fucking problem for me. Absolutely. If you're also taking major percentages from me, from every single thing I do. Yeah. If you're taking every fucking, if every word letter that I write, you you take a you take dollar amounts from because a rapper's a a rapper is getting paid per per fucking per fucking song, and mm. there's a there's a there's legal work within these records that get put out. Mm. So these records are being built after a certain amount of time to be built for that artist to have long-standing money. The the record labels are the ones that unfortunately are benefiting the most. Look at look uh look at what just came out recently with um with Nate Dog. People okay, Nate Dog's Nate Dog just it just came out that Nate Dog's estate mm-hmm. rest in peace. Nate Dog is dead for anybody that doesn't know. He's from the West Coast, one of the greatest yeah. freaking singers in, in rap music ever, hip hop ever. Facts. His estate is only worth two point two two point something million, right? Mm-hmm. His estate. People are like, what do you mean? That's all he's worth. People don't understand what that 2.2 million means, and they don't understand how how that is breaking down. It's a drop in the bucket. But there's also more to what that estate means. There's more to what that that is. The residual work, the the legal work, Mm -hmm. the the coins that come from this, you know, that's what it's worth now. 2.2, but do you guys know that that's maybe 2.2 a year? Is yeah. it two point two every six months? <laughs> like, is that just what they're gonna get right now? What else does he have that puts more value on it? Did he have any houses afterwards? You know, because yeah. that's just a really that's just the state of who he was as Nate Dog, the business. People don't understand. Drake is a business. Why did Drake buy a plane? Because it was a fucking business move. Mm-hmm. That plane is being paid for through all of the marketing that he does, all of the relationships that he has. Drake is not paying for that out of pocket. Mm-hmm. That plane is a major marketing thing. Yeah, he gets to fucking use it. He owns it, 100% owns it, but I wonder how many different people own it. People don't understand that, yeah, it's Drake. Maybe he owns the largest percentage of it, but do you really think that Drake at the time could have bought a plane by himself? Right. Do you know how much a plane a <laughs> yeah. at- I mean, that's kind of like the whole thing when uh, when Jay-Z bought the, the Nets. He's not buying it by himself. Yeah, he only had like he it's had like impossible. He had the smallest share of of the group. But of because yeah, it was fifteen percent, yeah. it makes him it makes him a, a a certain kind of owner. Yeah, if he has twenty five percent, it makes him a certain kind of owner. If he had thirty five, twenty five, these things matter. These things matter. So these are the things that we're arguing in this industry. So when you say fuck the industry, you better know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like there's at least the 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 more major people you know there's a lot of regular people that's just gonna say the fucking industry and that's just cool and yeah. I, that's okay that's just culture fuck the system hell yeah fuck the system nwa said it i'm gonna say it. fuck the system yeah. fuck all of that but we gotta really break this shit down what what is it that they're actually fighting they're yeah. fighting for the amount of percentages that people get producers are fighting for the amount of percentages that they get so you know if you're gonna fight for your artists, know why they know why they're arguing. No, you gotta know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I guess now this question could be—I don't know—it could be completely unrelated. I feel like it's adjacent, though. Like, how do you feel about like? Because uh, we're in Black, we're in the second day of Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, that was in October. There's Asian Month in March. 
There's uh, LGBTQ month in June. How do you feel about that being a thing and especially what it's become in the last few years? And do you, I don't know if you, I, I, I'm, I'm saying it, it's real, it's adjacent in my head because I it say is. fuck all that shit too. Okay. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't. Okay. No. So I definitely, because I, I just think it's just. Why? Because it's, it's just the most performative thing ever. Okay. It's very performative. It's for like these white people that are in charge um, to boost sales, to make a fucking MLK latte at Starbucks or sell pride flags at Dunkin' Donuts. And you think that is bad? Um, I think it is when you're not fundamentally doing anything to actually fight for any change for that. So then that's like in two parts. Sure. So then you, you disagree with that in two different parts. I disagree with it because right it's, now. it's phony. Because I feel like it's phony. The Dominican Festival. Mm. Do you think that that's phony? No, but the Dominican Festival is like a local thing. You think that we're the only ones having Dominican Festival? No. Okay. No, no. So the Dominican Festival, the, the Dominican Festival at its, at its core is a national thing, right? Yeah. For us here in America. People all over America are celebrating that festival in their own way everywhere. Mm. That there are large amounts of Dominicans, right? Yeah. Do the businesses... Do the businesses on Broad benefit from that festival? Absolutely. How many of those businesses are not Dominican? Um, Let's just say plenty. Yeah, Let's sure. just say plenty, right? Because it's a CVS, there's this, there's Chinese food, there's plenty. There's, mm. there's a lot of sharing going on. So what's the difference between these... these, these... Yeah, but I think those, those businesses benefit passively. Passively. Passively in the sense passively. that not passively in the sense that they're not actively like trying to cape for uh for for the Dominican festival and all this yeah, stuff. Cause it, cause it just happens that ge ge geographically the festival takes place on Broad Street. Yeah, because Crown Fried so Chicken Crown Fried Chicken so, is not saying Viva lo Dominicano. So, so yes, exactly. <laughs> so there's Geographically, there's these all these businesses on Broad Street and on Elmwood, mm -hmm. and that's where that festival is happening. So, because of that, so then you, they you, get the residual effects. So then of you having do, so then you there. do understand that both are still in, are both are still important because you just proved my point. If if they're benefiting from these things and it's a, it's almost how can I paint this picture? If it is if these businesses that don't they don't inherently care about our Dominican culture. Mm -hmm. They still benefit off of the hundreds of barbershops, the great, you know, food stores, grocery store shops that are there. The many, many different businesses that are there. And in, and in our, our parents' time, it was only Dominicans. Mm -hmm. So you don't believe, you, you just proved my point that these things matter because if, if these cultures, if our one culture can grow large enough that our money is recycling inside of itself, and then it gets to a certain point mm -hmm. that that money is so sustainable and it's so good that businesses on Broad Street got so good that they went and moved into bigger buildings, 
across the, across the way, across the water. They went into other affluent neighborhoods. They went into urban neighborhoods. You know, we, we've had people were able to buy houses, other businesses. You're talking about Dominican restaurants. Domin- Dominicans in La period. Yeah. The Dominican dollar in Rhode Island became so strong within itself and so powerful that it went so large that it ended up, ended up coming to North Providence, Cranston, Riverside. So, so, so you do understand that that is important. So sure. Yeah. When those businesses were able to grow, maintain, or, or even fail, mm-hmm. it allowed crown fried chicken to come in. It was owned by Indians, mm-hmm. or I think, or um, Arabic people, mm-hmm. excuse me, or, the Habibis, yeah, go ahead. I, I would hate to say that. Like, I've been corrected. I would hate, I've been corrected before that like Arabic is the language I speak. And, yeah, you know, yada, yeah. Yada, yada. I always want to be correct, but we have Chinese people on Broad Street now. Yeah, we have white people on Broad Street right now. Do you, do you fault those people for coming to Broad Street and saying shit? I got this building here for pretty cheap, and damn, look at all these cool people, <laughs> and they come in and they like my product. Sure, but 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 how wait? So how does that relate to the uh, the initial point I'm making? Because the point because is, you're saying you're saying that these these things these things help people financially that don't necessarily care about yeah, but it's not even not don't necessarily care, but it's they're still not like they're still practicing behavior. And I will say, because we are in a in a discussion and in a in a debate about this, in a debate you need evidence, and we know here that on the Nothing to Do podcast, I rarely bring facts uh, unless I something that I really care about. That's the next upgrade, then. <laughs> the next upgrade. But I'm ge- But that being said, I am general. Like I'm in the I'm in the ballpark. All right, I'm not just fucking spitballing here. It's 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 like the they're still practicing behavior that is anti-black, that is anti-culture. 100%. And that's that's my point speci- yeah. specifically. Hundred percent. Where I don't think that applies to this localized. Um, Absolutely, that applies. A- 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 Absolutely example that applies because it's an ecosystem, and you can you you can think that we all understand what, how economics work, but economic economics is a system. It is a it is a a revi- It is a circle, mm-hmm. right? And the only thing that we're tracing is where that dollar goes, not to who. We're tracing, in some senses, to who that dollar goes to and mm-hmm. why, right? That's what your economics. Uh, that's what this specific economic conversation that we're talking about yeah. is. It's like, when, where does that dollar come from, and where does it go after it after it got there? Yeah, you cannot, in all, in in a lot of instances, control where that dollar co- goes and how and who benefits from that dollar, right? There's other things like, yo, how much is that dollar worth within that community? That's another that's another part of economics. How how much is that how much of that dollar is still there with the person that has that dollar? Mm. Right? That's important. The business, the businesses as well. How much of that dollar does that business actually own yeah. of itself with inflation and things like that? So you have these cultural things that we create yep. to be able to build that dollar stronger, right? So the Dominican festival is built on the premise to make that Dominican dollar stronger, to be worth more right so when when you go to dr and you say damn el peso el peso cuesta damn it's 55 damn it's 35 
that's that's what we're doing here. Mm. So the, the the dollar is worth sometimes less and sometimes it's worth more, right? And that's due to just whatever's going on in, in the world. How much how much of other things the DR as a country mm. or as a as a yeah as a as a country bring in from other places that brought value to their peso. So those festivals, regardless of the cultural angst, the cultural frustration of saying, fuck, I don't want that dollar. Yeah, I was just having this conversation with a friend last night. Somebody was like, oh, I buy butt off of this dude. And I was like, I don't buy butt off of white people. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not buying butt off of white people. It's not, it's not going to happen. I'm not doing that. I don't care. Um, but guess what? Wherever that white person grew up, he benefited from the black culture that was around him, the Latino culture that was around him, the Asian culture that was around him. He benefited from that regardless of it, regardless of what he thinks or what he cares of how much he hates black people, how much he loves it. It doesn't matter because he grew up there. He benefited from it. Or even if he grew up somewhere else and came in and was like, this shit is great. And he just culture vultured it. Yeah. The, the fact is, is that these things are going to happen because they're too large. They're too large. The Dominican festival is too large. It's too big. It's too massive. So when you get something that you cannot, you can no longer localize because the Dominican festival is no longer a local broad street thing. It spans the entire city yeah. of Providence. It goes into downtown. It goes into other places. It's a, it's a this, it's a that. I mean, it's a weekend thing. Dominican festival happened one day when I was a kid. Now it's Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And how many people are looking to perform on that? How many people, how many businesses are looking to be on their official flyer? These things are, these things are the things that we can control, mm. but it's uncontrollable to who says, damn, this is nice. I'm going to come to that next year. Even if they're racist, mm. it's going to happen. I think that the more important part is, is no, no matter what, you better take that dollar, take that fucking dollar from whoever thinks like that. It's more important to me for you to take that dollar away from them in the name of our culture, LGBTQ+, Guatemalan Festival, Black History Month, this. It's more important to me to shove it in their faces that you are spending this dollar in the name of Martin Luther King. Yeah. Even if you're a racist. Sure. It's more important to me because it goes to show that that person was a lot more powerful, was more powerful than your thought. Yeah. So just know that that it, that is what we are fighting for. The Dominican festival, sure. the Poder Once Dias, your your father. That's what that's what they dreamed of. It, it, it is a blanket. It was never meant to be. I agree with that last point you just made. I will say that. It was never meant to be individual. I will say that they were making blankets. They were making blankets. Your father, those people, our people. They were making. There was never individual. It was meant to be a blanket. It was meant to cover. The entirety of people because Dominican, because in the name of saying that Dominican people are great, same thing with Haitian people are saying, you cannot halt us. You cannot, you can be as racist as you fucking want. And guess what? I'm going to still come knock on your door and, and, and pray for you mm. because that's what they want to do. Yes. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yes. It's bad. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. People are benefiting in the worst ways from us. I hate the fact that white people get to sell weed. I fucking <laughs> hate it. I hate it. it at, at my core, and, and yo, mind you, I just started smoking five years ago. Yeah. I hate it. My brother sold weed 
and he got locked up for dumb shit. Yeah. Selling weed. My friends got got locked up for too much time for selling Nixon dimes. Yeah. That shit bothers me. And you get to tell you mean to tell me that a person whose generation, generational parents get to benefit off of the enslavement that they did off of my yep. people frustrates me. But guess what? Aha. You you're so stupid that you have to do it now. You have to do it. You have to get into this business. Yeah. So fuck you. <laughs> I love it. I love that's it. The, that, that's it. You but, can... And honestly, I I I I want to save on time because I I we both probably I mean I, we have places to be, and we could go. I feel like we can keep going. This is a great we combo. Could, well, this is a fucking great combo because that could have led me, and maybe we could touch on it if you want. But I do want to get to these questions as well. Please, please. Um. Cause we and we we talked about it beginning of the show. It is Dominican Independence Day. Yes, sir. Um, and I don't know how much you know about the history of of how that originated in DR. Why we chose February twenty seventh instead of the two other days that probably would have been better for us culturally, um, to have our Independence Day, but we chose February twenty seventh. And it's because February 27th wasn't the day the Spanish left the island um, or we drove them away. It was the day that we separated from Haiti. Absolutely. Um, which and is, us which as, is controversial. On it's a very controversial topic. <laughs> and I've touched on it before. The one, one of like three or four times where I actually did my homework on this show. Jabron, I'm not a complete dumbass. But... <laughs> um, um, and yeah, and then I, cause, and I talked about how I think, um, there was a time, I think it was like 15 or 20 years after the, the independence that we celebrate, um, where the Spanish came back because the dictators that were in charge, let them back in for money and whatever. And then it was literally like the whole Island, Puerto Rico, Cuba, um, even some countries in South America helped helped us like drive away the Spanish for good. Trujillo. Trujillo. Well then Trujillo came and that's a whole that's a whole nother <laughs> fucking can of worms. Um but yeah so and I mean I think it's topical because it's around the corner. So I'll um I'll be sure to 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 just keep that in the forefront that February twenty seventh is actually a very controversial day if you think about it critically yeah. as a Dominican yeah. uh but it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's like important to us just because it is our day. It's fine. Yeah, you know, it's our yeah, yeah absolutely. Day is what we call absolutely. It. I'm not gonna like. I'm not the one to be a curmud curmudgeon about it and just be. That's a great word. Salty about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of the many words I learned growing up at a white school. But <laughs> 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 the private school my whole life. Yeah, good, but, good um, education. <laughs> but that's for another day. And if you ask, if you want to have a critical conversation about it, that's sort of where I stand. Right. Sort of on the gist of it. Um, so to end the show, um and you had questions for me too. Yeah, I got questions for you. Um and they don't I mean you can be as deep or as not deep as you want to be. I think these are great questions. This is actually from a game uh that I played with my girl, and it's a really good icebreaker game if you're dating somebody. Um, and like you're getting to know, maybe you're on like the fourth or fifth date, you're trying to figure out who it is, you play this game and it can really it can make a break. Um you know, a relationship potentially. Um, let's see which one I want to go with. Oh, this game is called, I don't, I'll shut it out. It's called We're Not Really Strangers. Have you heard of it? That mm -hmm. card game? Um, 
So there's like three tiers and like the first tier is just like more surface level questions. Uh, the second, they're, they're called, it's like perception. It's a like connection perception and then like getting deeper. I don't think I, I don't think I picked any level three questions. Oh, let's get through it. I was like, these are, these would be great for the show. And so here we are. Um, okay. One, what, it, what do you think is the hardest part of what you do for a living? That is a great question. Um, I, I, I think about this a lot and I believe that the hardest part I have is, is seeing people who understand my background and the things that mm -hmm. I do currently um, and then like watch me achieve seeing looking people in their eyes and just like seeing them think that we're different. That's like the hardest thing I deal with. And you're talking about, I'm sorry, you're talking about like people that you grew up with and stuff or like it's people life. in general. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sometimes it's even harder because it's like right. people I grew up and I've had those moments plenty of times. Um, and that's probably what kept me so close to you guys. At, like when I was younger, close to Raphael, close to your cousin, close to all you guys, because I didn't, I didn't have to deal with that. Yeah. You know, you know, that, that was, that's like the biggest thing that weighs me down a metric ton because I'm, I love people, man. And, and I hate seeing, hearing, seeing people's body work go into this state of like, I'm not good enough, but mm. you inspire me or like, yeah, yeah, that's hard. That's, yeah. that's the hardest thing because like, it's like I told you in the beginning, I don't believe I'm different from anybody. Sure. And I understand that I, I sought out to achieve something and I understand that I sought out to have some sort of recognition. I, I definitely worked as a kid, by the time I was 18, I wanted to be in rooms where people knew my name before I even had to introduce myself. That is a fact about me. I always wanted that, but damn, I could have never, I could have never foreseen the the emptiness in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. And that's hard for me. That's very hard for I me. I think a lot of that, that's a great answer too. I, I think a lot of that, um, it stems, it, it's internal. It's like a self-reflection thing from, on the, I'm saying from like the people that you get that vibe from, I think, and I was kind of talking about something that's similar to this, how, you know, a lot of the times I am blessed enough to have, to still be like incredibly close with my best friend from high school. Same. Um, which as the the older I get, the more people tell me how rare that is. I show you have no <laughs> idea. You have no idea. And I, that comes from, like, and we talked about this earlier about like the fact that if you don't, if you don't seek to change or evolve, then that's a problem. It's just going to stay complacent. And that's, I feel like that's why those relationships end is because people grow or people and that certain people grow and certain people choose to stay in their ways or to stay in that. And I think, I think a lot of times when you feel that way, it's probably because people look at you. And then look at themselves, and then it's just like it's, it is. It's a hundred percent that. So hundred percent that, and that's that's hard for me. Yeah. And early in my career, as a young kid, right? Like I'm just 22. I'm 23, and I've I had already achieved some really great things. Yeah. Um, and it was like the constant bombardment of like uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Of what I felt so early, and I felt. And I'll leave it here. I felt pissed off that people made me feel like that. 
Yeah. You know, because I didn't do anything to anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was just the simple conversations of like, just a lot of the more simpler conversations that weigh, that weigh a metric ton to me because it's yeah. like, man, I never, you know, you just hear people's stories and they, they're looking to relate to you and they can't, you know, I can't, there's, there's most people, most people don't think that they can have just a regular conversation with me. And it's just like, yeah, you absolutely can. You don't have to just talk to me about music. You don't have right. to talk to me just about this shit. Like I'm also living my life. I have nieces. I got a grandmother. Yeah. I got, I got a mother, you know, I have a life that I've lived. I have friends who I love. I have stories. I have things that I've, that, that I've experienced that can be a different kind of conversation, but some people are, yeah, they'll, 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 they'll weigh you down, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, next question. What are you still trying to prove to yourself? Ooh. <sighs> Nothing. I don't think I've ever, okay. I don't think I've ever attempted to, like, I think the last time I, I, I felt like I needed to prove myself something, I was 24 years old. And that was like right before I went on tour. And it was my first major tour. And I felt the, the biggest imposter syndrome to date at that point. Uh -huh. And that was the last time I had something to prove myself because I was not going to go on that tour. You know, I had it in myself. I was like, I'm, that is not what it was. A, it was a multi-million dollar tour. Yeah. I was like, this is, I can't do this. I was like, I'm going to fail. I know myself. I'm going to make a fool of myself. I'm going to ruin something. So, like I had the worst anxiety. I felt like things were going to blow up because of me. I'm not even kidding you. Mm -hmm. Like before even saying yes, luckily I had good friends who encouraged me. Shout out to Jackie, shout out to Tommy Vo and everybody in the Karma Loop office that, that pushed me. Shout out to Max who was the owner of the tour, who saw something in me and was just like, nope. Like, I know for a fact, and mind you, this guy was my age mm. at the time and still is obviously my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, he gave me two weeks to think about it. And after those two weeks, I told him to his face, I said, I can't do this for you. I've never hosted on a large scale. You have a multi-million dollar tour. You have investors and... You have this big name. You have this big name artist. I was only hosting Carmelo TV, and that's why he saw me and saw something in me. Carmelo TV was fun, yeah, because it was a closed door and it was only people I knew. I never, you know, at that point I was doing shows, I was hosting, but it was you know tens of people, hundreds of people. Like I'm thinking, like this is great. This is great. I get to perform in front of hundreds of people. That's not that big of a deal. Everybody's naked. No big deal. Yeah. But as soon as it was like thousands of people i was like you're out of your mind so i told him no and then he did not take no for an answer mm -hmm. and it wasn't until the day before the tour where he's like yo there's a spot there's a bed for you. you like i hope to see you in the morning and you know i just i just saw my mother's eyes my brother just had a my brother had a kid she was four years old at the time like i'm looking at my niece gillette and I'm like, man, I got to prove this to myself because it was about me at that point. I was like, man, if, if this is what I'm looking to do with my life, then this is a this is something I should take and I should prove it to myself that I can. And that was the last time I ever looked to prove to myself. And I felt like I haven't been able I haven't needed to prove anything else to myself ever again. I, I did. I have 
I have traveled 44, 43 different states, thousands of cities. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I've, I've done it, bro. <laughs> you know, I don't have anything else to prove. I'm, yeah. I'm just very content, very happy. And everything just feels like it's just on a conveyor belt. I'm just, just whatever I want to do, I'm going to do it. Hell yeah. I love it. Love it. When you're asked, how are you? How often do you answer truthfully? Every time. 10 out of 10. I, I'm great. I, I love my life. Sometimes I I feel, again, again, I feel like I shouldn't because so many people don't. But mm. I, that's a quick answer. I love my life. I love like it. my life Hell a yeah. lot. I love my life. I have great friends. I feel like I'm a great friend, you know? Yeah. My life is good. Great. Love it. Is there a feeling you miss? I'm still feeling a lot of the feelings I love. Yeah. 100%. Okay. And there's nothing there's nothing that I've let go that I that I miss. And but there's a lot there's plenty enough that I have loved in my past that I still get to love today. And that's great. Yeah. I don't miss much. I don't miss much. If you could get to know someone in your life on a deeper level, who would it be and why? My mother? Why? Because every single time I try to ask her, <laughs> my mom just dubs me. Yeah. Like, I've tried to have... It took my mom until I was, like, 25 to even tell me why her and my father broke up. Mm. So that's a that's too much time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's too much time. And it took me me having this remarkable moment for her to see my life as a model. Mm. Long story short, I got to do this national, you know, international campaign with my mother through New Balance, billboards all over the world. It lasted a year. My mom got the first full experience of me being a model from head to toe. And that means 6 a.m. call time, two hours of makeup, 30 different, 30 different outfits. <laughs> it was more like 10, 10 different outfits, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know, it was very extensive. And then also it was top tier. My mom got her makeup done by Lady Gaga's make, makeup artist at that point. Oh, hell her, yeah. The hairstylist was from some other person, you know, some other celebrity. So my mom was able to have this, like this full experience with me where she just didn't understand what my life was and what I was really doing at the time. I mean, I told my mom I worked for Kanye West and she was like, okay, like, the fuck do I care? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Is that, that going to pay my bills? Like, yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck do I care? You know, so, but it's always been like a very like, mother-son relationship mm. and it's it's been tough to be my mother's friend because my mother just has this like shrewd way of thinking that she can't be friends with me yeah what the fuck yeah 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 <laughs> so that was that was that was a that was okay. a dope moment but i definitely hope to like know my mother more as sure. her as like not my mother like who she is with friendship wise with her sisters yeah and and beyond awesome last but not least Jabron, describe your perfect day. Being with my nieces and nephew. Straight up. And That's what are you guys it. doing? Riding bikes, bullshitting, talking shit. Okay. Them making fun of me. Uh-huh. Um, whatever, you know. Taking them to school, chilling with them. Hell yeah, that's my perfect day. I just like being with them, man. I like being with my brother's kids, yo. So that's that's, that's definitely my perfect day. Love it. 
Awesome. Well, listen, Jabron, it's been a fucking pleasure having you. Thank you again for pulling. We're gonna up. have to do part two because we barely got. We, we do. Career, and, uh, we we're gonna we're gonna. I'm gonna come back with the with some you know with some ammo next time. Um, but no, yeah, definitely want to do this again. Thank you for fucking coming. Um, I think this was the first time I actually got uh into like uh debate disagreeing with something about about something with someone on the show and i loved it and i the, my only regret is that i wish i kind of um prepared not prepared for because you i mean how much can you actually prepare for a fucking debate because I, I i don't have guests to debate them um but yeah i mean i fucking i loved it do you have uh any shout outs for anyone anything you know th- thank you honestly thank you to you thank you for being persistent man i i know that at one point I was just, I could I just couldn't make it. <laughs> no, it's fine, and I get it, man. I, I like I never took it personally. Yeah, anything yeah, it is not what that it I think is. You were, yeah, yeah. But you know, just just a shout out to you because this is very important to me. You know, this is very important to me to be to be able to speak with you like this. Yeah, because of the connection that we have, and you know, Absolutely. all that stuff. Like this, this is the stuff that matters the most to me to be able to have these kind of great conversations. These 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 things that like dive into into who we are. You know, I don't get to speak about you even though you're always in the back of my head, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. get to speak about your father. I don't get to speak about Sasha Lee as often as I would like to. I've never been able to tell anybody that I used to just sit there and stare at Lewis while he was DJing and then going to dance and like just seeing how cool he was and like seeing the twins come in yeah. and be great people, you know, like even Natalie now, my relationship with with Natalie is like, Huge, you know what I'm saying? I'm just grateful that you guys even consider me cousins, you know, cause of family members and all that stuff. So Absolutely. this is that that part of the this is that part of the life where where man, this is what matters the most to me because you're you know, your family is really important to me and it's important to me and Raphael. It's important to our friendships and all the all the men and women that we all have friends with, you know what I mean? Like shit, man, just just this is great, you know. I'm I'm, I'm just hype. It, it definitely, definitely I don't mean to stumble on my words, but it, it's it's it means a lot to me because those are the those are the moments that the questions that you could ask me about my life, about my career, coincide with my life. Where where I couldn't do that, I can't do that in another interview. Yeah, you know because no one's gonna know who Sasha Lee is. Right, right, no one's yeah. gonna know. So I, even though I'd say like, hey, I had I had two friends who let me stay in their couch for four years and never charged me a dollar for rent and yeah. fed me and taught me how to live in New York and all this other stuff. I can say those things, but man, it's more impactful for me to tell you because you you could put a face, you could put a time. Yeah. And even though you were young, but you were old enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were old enough to know who I was. You were old enough to recognize me whenever I came over the house or whenever we was at the family parties. And yo, those those times, like yo, the Santana family. <laughs> is like a direct a direct influence in in my career because i just i was able to escape you know what i mean i was hell able yeah. to escape come back and be be with be with what i considered was family for sure hell yeah and shout out to lewis he was the first guest i had on the show Man. Back when I first yeah. started. so you know and he was the first fucking fan too i had you know first one one of like two or three people that would like every every time i would see him he would mention something about the episode before and i'm like oh word he heard it that's fucking dope like thank you we're all paying attention man for sure yeah thank you um so yeah until next time you dirtbags holla